Alright, hi everybody, it's Joe Lorenzo with Society Talks, and I'm here with Sloan Siegel. Hi Sloan, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great about yourself. I'm good. So, first things first, everybody, we are doing this remotely. He's where he needs to be, I'm where I need to be. We're not in person, which we normally are in my studio in Hollywood, um, but it's just the new normal. So, Sloan, what are you doing down, like, a, you know, this sort of safer at home ordinance and everything? What are you doing during this time? I'm just hanging at home. I mean, <laughs> pretty much like it says, you know, you say we're at home. I'm, I'm just, I'm chilling here. I'm playing video games. I'm FaceTiming with friends. I'm doing Zoom calls with friends. You know, we're having game nights over over FaceTime, which is really hard, but we all have to have the same card game to do that. And then we have to, yeah. I, I don't know, it, it, there have been a lot of trial and error. Um, well, there's that there's that app called House Party. Have you heard about that one? That they you can actually do games. Oh on yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I used to I, I used to use House Party all the time, and then I just uh, I, I guess I didn't really have as much of a need for it because I could see them in person. But now yeah. I get, I've started to get back into that. But but yeah, I've been I've been writing, painting, uh, cooking a lot for myself, uh, which I don't usually do. I, I guess I guess I finally realized that like I, I go out to eat way too much because that's that's kind of the fun thing to do with friends. You know, you you go out to eat, you enjoy a nice meal, you talk, you chat. Um, but yeah, yeah. Been, been cooking, been yeah yeah doing all the stuff you pretty much expect when you're trapped at home. You know. Yeah. Do you find that you are talking to people? on FaceTime and Zoom and online and um, more so than, like I find that I'm talking to people that I hadn't really talked to in a while because I feel like everybody's sort of, you know, everybody's in the same situation. So everybody kind of wants to have that FaceTime or have that. Do you feel like you're talking to people that maybe you haven't talked to in a while? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I think I'm FaceTiming kind of the normal amount. Um, but like, like I, I already FaceTime, like my best friend went off to college, uh, last year. Uh, so, so I FaceTime him all the time and, and like, I I still FaceTime my other friends, but, but I have gotten in touch with a few people that I hadn't talked to in a while. And like, uh, I, I guess, I guess when you're so separate from human connection and like, like as people, we, we crave being in social situations, you know, unless you're an introvert, which I I can be at times. Like I I do value my alone time, but at the same time, you know, I, I really miss my friends. Um, oh, I miss people. Like I miss in person a lot. It, yeah, yeah. Really, I miss social events. I miss I miss concerts. Yeah. I miss restaurants. Yes. I miss parks. I miss you know. I was going on. I, I went on a hike because um you, you know with the safer at home thing when it was first enacted they didn't say you couldn't go you know on a hike or something and like right and none of that was closed yet. Yeah, yeah, and I was going on walks yeah. like a mile from my house. It was this, there's this beautiful trail, and like I saw more people there during this time than I've ever seen there. Like that was like my secret spot. Like no one knew about it, you know. Um, so not yeah, anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. And now no one can go there because of right. you know, everything. But but yeah, it it is definitely strange times. But I think I think it will. I think it'll definitely revert back to normal with with a few change like constant like what what's the word permanent changes uh, based off of this event you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. well let's kind of let's start at the beginning and then i want to talk all about um dwight and shining armor it's really fun but let's start at the beginning where'd you grow up i grew up in west virginia i grew up in a place called falling waters west virginia um it, it, it even when i say it a bit of my accent comes back um but i grew up i grew up like on state lines so i grew up i grew up on the border of maryland pennsylvania and you know one other place i failed geography i didn't really but i i can't really remember it <laughs> I, I grew up an hour train ride from baltimore or dc um uh, my sister lived in Baltimore at the time, so like I would see her on the weekends. And my dad worked at DC. Sometimes I go to work with him. You know, I, I grew up in a, a relatively 
um, connected space. But at the same time, I grew up in the middle of nowhere because I, I grew up on a farm, a rescue farm. I, we didn't like farm livestock or anything. We, um, we took in rescue animals, you know, that were, um, disabled or abused or, you know, you know, we gave them a home for the rest of their lives or we found them a home, uh, whether that be, you know, horses or a bull or dogs or cats. Um, we had lots of animals and, and I grew up across the street from, you know, a hundred acres of cornfield. I mean, it's as country as you can get, you know? Um, wow. Yeah, but yeah. not but like you said, you're I mean, you're on the, the border of all those awesome cities. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but it took like, you know, 30 minute drive uh, to get to those places, which when yeah. you lived back there, 30 minutes was like a really big deal. Like that was a really long drive. But now I get to L.A. and 30 minutes is like going down the street. You know what I mean? 30 minutes is in L.A. is like going just to the convenience store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which was kind of how I lived anyway. So I guess I was used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I went to film in Atlanta, um, like for, for Dwight, like, like a while back. And I remember going there and people were like, Oh, traffic's so bad. Like it takes you, takes you 30 minutes to go like, like 35 miles. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I can't even go two feet in LA. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was certainly spoiled going back to the East coast. (laughs) So now you filmed um, Dwight. In Shining Armor, everybody, um, in Atlanta, but you live in L.A. Uh, yeah, I live in L.A. I, I moved to L.A. to L.A. I started acting like years and years ago. When did you move to L.A.? Uh, when I was 10. I, I moved to L.A. when I was 10. I didn't know I was moving there, but uh, I was I was 10 years old. I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, we were told, you know, you go to L.A., you you stay at the Oakwood, you uh, oh God, yeah. yourself for auditions. I did, I did the textbook nightmare that people... Um, that people say you should never do that people joke about because that's all I knew. I mean, I was from, I was from the country. Like I, I just didn't, I thought Hollywood was a postcard. Like I didn't think people actually live there, you know? Uh Um, anyway, so I, I ended up moving here because I came here and then I booked something before I left and I booked something before I left and you know, two months turns into two years and two years turns into living here. Um, so your parents, it did, they basically just said, okay, we're going to give this a shot. Did they say for a period of time or they just said, let's just do this yeah. for him? Yeah. Yeah. They just said, we're, we're going to go out for two months, come back and, and, you know, reassess our options. But, um, but it just went really well. And I never realized I was moving. I never realized I was saying goodbye to home. I, I never really got to say goodbye to home. I never went back. I, I came yeah. here and I literally never went back. I, I really got stuck at the Hotel California, you know? The song, it, well, it's got some truth. Seen, <laughs> have you ever seen that crazy, there's a crazy documentary on the Oakwoods. Oh, yep. I've seen it. I've seen, I know most of the people that were in it. It's um, insane. And I managed, I managed for like 17 years. I don't do it anymore, but I managed and I would never allow, and I had people that would come in from different st- states and, and things and I would never allow them to stay there because I felt like it was sort of just like the den of, crazy parents yeah yeah um, it really was and my, my dad were you know my, my dad's a really nice guy he's a, he's a normal dude he, he's a businessman so he he knows nothing of like acting or singing or dancing he he just uh he was like hey this is what you want to do i'll support you you know and, and we we got there and man we we saw some crazy stuff and oh, we met yeah. some interesting people and like he was like is this what it's always like and i was like i don't know like we're i'm just as new at this as you are um, but we found our way, you know, and I think, I think that's, what's great is, is, is we've somehow persevered and found our way. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful to be, um, you, to have some, some level of success and, and to be able to have escaped all of the tropes and all of the bad stuff, you know, and I, you know, I've, yeah. I, I see places where people how go you, wrong, you know, but I, yeah. I how do you think that you did? I mean, I've, I've, look, I've been around <laughs> child actors. I have, 
you know, I mean, there's many people that I've discovered and, and, and made bigger and, and, but it's always about the family. And it's always about like one of the girls that I used to manage, she's still on Nickelodeon. She's Tamika on School of Rock. And I mean, you know, there's, oh, cool. it, it, Who, yeah. yeah. And then I had Tyler Blackburn on Pretty Little Liars for 10 years and, you know, and, but they started with a good foundation to say, to kind of weed all that shit out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Like the, 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 how did you guys just sort of say, look, look, this is my tunnel vision. This is what I want to do. I'm not worried about what this parent's saying or this kid's doing or this, you know, cause you're 10. So of course you want to have friends, but they're all friends in the same industry yeah, and yeah. competitive. Right. I, I think it was really just like, just trying to be genuinely kind. I don't know. I, it, it was a mixture yeah. of kindness and ignorance. Like, like the ignorant part yeah. of it was that I didn't, I, I just didn't have my eyes open to all the bad. You know, I, I only saw I only saw the good in the world when I was little. And I still mainly see the good in the world. But I, I feel like I'm more adult, so I'm more aware. But uh, but I never took anything maliciously maliciously. I never I never acted maliciously. I never I never looked at people as my competition. I looked at them as, you know, people that were just trying to get a role as well. And like if they got it, I was super supportive of them. And like I remember I remember this. I remember like the very first week I had I had moved to Oakwood, I was in the pool. And I was tossing a ball with a kid, and this mom grabbed the kid by the arm, dragged him out, and said, "Don't play with him; he's your competition." And I looked oh, at my—I looked at my dad, and I was like, "What? You know, because we're, we're not gonna—we're just not gonna be that way. You know, we never—we don't play dirty. We don't do yeah. that." But uh, but I see where people went could have gone wrong. You know, as far as getting an ego or 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 going down a wrong path or something like that. Like like those opportunities arise so so often. And, and I just, I just yeah. never, um, I don't know. I, my, my parents raised me right. They, I, my dad always tells people, he says, um, you know, why, why is your son nice? And he goes, well, he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause my well, dad, you, uh, yeah. Justin Bieber posted on his Instagram sort of apologizing and, and, and understanding his crazy ways when he was young. And, and I thought it was very poignant because here's the thing is that if you, Take an 18-year-old that is a super huge international superstar with $100 million in the bank, and you let him loose in the craziest city in the world, yeah. one of, anyway. One of the meanest cities. You know? Um, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. as far as, like, like Justin Bieber goes, like, I, I didn't know about that. Like, good for him for recognizing his old ways and changing them and, you know, creating himself anew. Like, like but, but it is a tough city. You know, it's a great city. But but a lot of, of people here, especially in the industry, can be very judgmental and and very uh, superficial at times, and it's it's really hard to to keep a, a you know a, a straight path when when people are kind of mean sometimes, you know. Yeah. How do you, and so did you have an agent and manager when you first came out here, or did you find one when once you were finally here? Uh, yeah, I had a manager when I first came out here, and then I met with an agent. And then uh, eventually, you know, switch managers. But but I've been with my agent ever since I got out here. They they've been amazing. Um, yeah, what but, happens? Yeah. Managers, the relationships like that happen. You got to find the right fit. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as you grow, you change. You know, I I came here at like at like the the most important years of of my uh, life. You know, it was like like puberty years, like growing up, like yeah. from ten to Pretty I'm nineteen best, now. Yeah. I'm turning 20 this year, and wow. like I, I was talking with my friend, <laughs> my best friend, last night, and and he said, you know, we're almost in our 20s, and I was like, wait a minute, what? We're almost in our 20s? Like, oh my gosh, like growing well, up, I have to say, people that can't see Sloan, 
it, you go go see him in Dwight um, in Shining Armor, and we'll talk about that. But it, you look super young, so you're going to have that career where, like, I mean, look, like the kids on Pretty Little Liars, they were in their 20s when they were playing high school. Yeah, so, yeah. I just did know. a movie, um, the, the scary movie, and <laughs> the, all the cast were in their 30s, and they were playing teenagers, and I was the only actual teenager, and I was playing the youngest guy in the movie, and I was just like, well, you know, if I, if I play the same age forever, I guess I'm fine with that. You know, I, oh I, I would like to, you know, because I, I, I could grow a beard, no problem. I'd love to be able to grow a beard and play an older role sometime. But, uh, but I mean, you know, whatever works, works. And, and I, I just love yeah. working, so. And why not sort of stretch it out? If you, I have a full beard and I cannot play 16 or anything even remotely under my age. Yeah. yeah. Also, it takes you so long to grow it that you don't want to shave it, right? Like you put so much work into it. It actually doesn't. Honestly, I shaved it because of all this lock, lockdown stuff. Yeah. And I happened to be on a, I, I happened to be on a Zoom or something or FaceTime and they were like, oh my gosh, you shaved your beard. Two or three days later, it was fully back. So <laughs> I have great. the yeah, the epitome of a five o'clock shadow. If I shave, it's it's on there. I'm I do the same thing. They have to shave me twice a day on set um, oh my God. when I'm filming to keep it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, all right, let's talk. So Dwight and Shining Armor is super fun. Your character is really fun. Thank you so much, man. I, I have Number a blast. One, let's talk about what BYTV, BYU TV. It, where, where, what is that? Where can they find it? Explain that to some people. Yeah, it's it's on it's on TV. They got a they got a channel on cable. Um, they also have a website where you can stream all their stuff for free. They have an app where you stream all their stuff for free. Um, they're just trying to break in to make family programming. And I I think you know you know there's programming for kids. There's programming for adults. There's programming for you know uh, niche audiences. But there's really not programming. Like aimed at kind of everybody at once, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a little bit here and there, but but they got a whole network based in that. And I I really I really respect that. I respect them trying to bring the family back together and take everybody away from their individual streaming devices and bring them all in one room again, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit about the network. Um, and then we were their first live action scripted series because uh, oh, they have cool. a bunch of reality shows and competition shows and things like that. But uh, but we were their first like. Or, or not first, but um, first one in a while. When, when they changed uh, changed who was running what, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like a pretty big undertaking, too. Like, it's very whimsical fantasy. I kept thinking um, uh, never-ending story, modern day. I kept thinking... Oh, yeah, Kid Who Would Be King. Yes! Oh, yeah. that was a good one. That was a recent one, though. Yeah, I mean... Um, so talk about your character and kind of the, cause this is season two and have you, um, am I right in saying you've been picked up for season three and four? Uh, yeah, the, season three is airing right now. Uh, we actually, okay. I think episode five just aired, uh, and, and I, there's a lot of really good stuff I'd love to talk about coming up, but, uh, at season four, we've already filmed, we filmed season three and four at the same time. Oh, wow. Great. Um, so that's really great. That's really, really great. <laughs> Uh, so as of right now, they can see one, two, and half of three up to episode five of three. Yes, and as soon as an episode airs, you can stream it. Um, so if you miss it on TV, don't worry about it. Or if you don't even have TV, you can just get the app or go on the website. Honestly, so many people nowadays don't. They do everything. I mean, people get rid of their cable just because they can have all these apps. Yeah, know? pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and like all the streaming services are really like, there's so many now and they're all competing. that it, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the industry is going to look like in like six years, you know? Yeah. Well, so talk about this character because it is really fun. Like, where did you find – I mean, I don't want to – it's, like, hard to call him – 
he's not an idiot, like a bumbling idiot, but no, he's like, no, he's, he's dorky, you know? Yeah. Or like, and then like, has like, he's very nervous at times. He's very, but it's funny. It's very funny. And I think Thank he did a great so job. Well, where'd you find sort of like, where'd you find him? Uh, I, I guess he was always in me. Well, I, I did this other series on Amazon called Gordimer Gibbons Life on Normal Street. I did that from when I was 13 to 15. And those are the years where you kind of figure out or start to figure out who you are. And like, I had no idea who, what I, who I was because I was busy playing this character. And like, I had this whole year where I was just like, what, what am, who am I? And then I found this script after I had started to find myself finally. And I think, I think, he's very mirror to who I am. Like there's certainly different things about us, but, uh, but I read that script and it was like reading my own words. Um, so I think it's very much part of me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's in the writing. Cause like with, with the writing, there's, there's certain character traits and like, you know, in one of the scripts, it says that he volunteers at a pet shelter and another one, it says that he works at the senior center and like, like those things kind of contribute to the character. Um, but I think as far as his, his energy and why he seems a little bumbling and all that is, that's sort of the the archetype he is in the show because everyone else is is playing everything like it's one hundred percent real, like they're playing it like that's their reality. Like there are these very heightened characters, these medieval times characters uh, that are brought to modern day, and they have these very interesting things to work with. Whereas I'm sort of the audience's perspective. I'm sort of their look into that world. So I always <laughs> I try and react to everything as realistically as possible, but at the same time. Uh, with a little bit of lightheartedness, a little bit of a uh, little bit of like like glimmer in the eye, you know, of like a little bit of knowing, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Half, half naive, but also kind of knowing what you're. Yeah, exactly. Like a, but I get to react to all these amazing things, and the best way to react to it, I think, is with with that little bit of bumbling. Is like like because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's a new world. It's it's a new. Yeah um setting so so because he doesn't know what he's doing i add that into it but but he is he is pretty it, as impulsive as he can be he's very calculated and he's very like he used to always be on a schedule he used to always have everything planned out from the first minute he woke up to the last minute he went to sleep you know before baldrick and greta came into his life um but i've but i've had a blast playing the character it's it's really fun playing someone who's who has no idea what's going on <laughs> yeah and now are you a magician or are you a magician a magician no. uh no, no. Uh, Baldrick is the court magician for. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm and just the normal guy. Villains, there's all this stuff going on, like now, and then it seems like there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's CGI or mocap or whatever <laughs> it is, but like, are you acting opposite a tennis ball on a stick? Sometimes, are you in a green screen a lot of the time? Are you like what you know? What's sort of the what's a typical day on set? Yeah, it really depends because because um, we do most of our stuff practically, which I really respect because I I love practical effects. The day of puppetry and practical effects um, is 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 fading, and like I hope we keep it relevant because there's so many amazing things you can do. And also, like when you react to something that's CGI, like you're not having that full like human effect. It's not having that that instinctual effect on you because when something's real and in front of you, you can tell. You know, like the brain can really mm -hmm. tell. Um, but yeah. we do a lot of special effects as well, you know, whether it's a little spell or like uh, episode three of season one, we have this creature called a Varger, um, which is like a werewolf type creature, um, demon. I don't know. Anyway, it um, we weren't acting with anything. You know, you, you'd think there'd be a tennis ball. They were like, yeah, it's over there somewhere. We'll just place it wherever you look. So we did that. And then there was another one where we had this thing called a pook, which was a giant frog creature. <laughs> and that one, uh, they actually, they had a tennis ball for that. But what they did is they put a footprint down, a cardboard footprint of like how big one of its feet were. And they were like, okay, that's for scale. And we were like, 
what? So, so like half the time we don't know what we're really acting with or what we're really looking at. So we're just doing our best to imagine it. Um, yeah. But there's not a lot of green screen. No, I think the only time there's really green screen is, you know, when you're on a set and you're trying to uh, cover the background, uh, you know, like out of a house or something, out of a window. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're about to turn 20, you came out to LA when you were about 10. What, what does it take to consistently, because you would say about the Amazon series, Gordimer, for what, a couple of years, now this one for a couple of years, what does it take to consistently work or um, at least be consistently auditioning and, and, and callbacks or whatever, the, you know, sort of the trajectory that you've been on, what does it take? I th- I think it I think it 100% boils down to persistence. I think I think no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what level of talent you have, no matter no matter what it is, if you're if you're passionate about what you do and you love it and you want to be in it, then that shows and I think that no matter if if you stick with it no matter what you will succeed. I really I really yeah. do believe that because that's what I've done, you know, it's like I've, I've, I've worked hard. I've trained hard. I've, I've done all I can to be able to memorize lines as quickly as I can and build characters. And, and it's something that I, I love and I'm really passionate about, but there have been so many times where I've wanted to quit. And there were a few times where I almost did. Like, I think there were two monumental times in my career where I actually said, you know, that's it, I'm done. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was convinced to stay because I was reminded how much I love it. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 um, family, friends, myself, yeah. you know, people I've worked with, uh, it, it, it really, it, it's a mixture of everything. Um, because it, it, yeah. it's kind of whoever's in front of you at the time or whoever you go to when you have that problem. But I but mean, don't you feel like even though no matter who it is, trusted family, friends, whatever, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you still have to want to do it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's gotta come from you. Like you gotta have, you gotta have a belief in yourself. You gotta have a love for what you do and you gotta know that, you know, you're living your life 100% for you. And, mm-hmm. um, and and that's not a selfish thing to say. I mean, you, I'm I, I'm a very selfless person. I'm always doing things for other people. But at the end of the day, you know, the only person that can make you happy, the only person that's that can truly judge you, is you. You know, no matter how much people judge you, no matter how much people reject you, like like you you got to be able to look in the mirror at the end of the day and say I'm I'm enough. And like I've yeah. I've definitely struggled with that, especially growing up in this industry where like growing up with that rejection and that you know, um, constant need to keep going. And like, I'm, I'm always afraid that my, my next job is going to be my last job or like, like the anxiety always stays there. But, um, but it's, it's a tough industry, man. You got to really want it and you got to keep going. Yeah. And I have to say this. So there's a round table with, um, my gosh, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, Brie Larson, Mm -hmm. Jane Fonda, Jennifer Lawrence, whatever. So a couple of things that you just said, just in those last few, um, things that you said to me, were number one, Brie Larson said she has she tried to quit a few times, and right before she sort of hit big with Room and everything, and she did. She said it was just too hard. She said, but it, then she got pulled back in because she wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, funny enough, the one of the questions was, "Who do you act for?" And Jennifer Lawrence turned around and said, "My agent." Oh. So, <laughs> but but in, which is funny, but in then reality, most like Kate. Blanchett and Winslet both said, well, for me, really, yeah. you know, it really yeah. comes down to me. And then Jane Fonda said, the last thing that you said, she said, um, you know, the, the fear of th- this being your last job or never getting another job kind of never goes away. And it's a motivating factor. Do you believe in that? 
I do. I do believe in that. I believe that this, this is the worst job security ever. Like, like yeah. you could be working on the biggest thing of your life. Like this has actually happened to me where like, you know, you, you could be working on the biggest thing of your life. You'd be halfway into production. Um, you, you're told by countless people that this is going to, this is it. This is the thing that puts you on the map. This is the, this is your big break. And then it falls apart and for reasons that, you know, you, you can't even, you can't even comprehend control. that you'll yeah. never know. You you won't, you may never even know why it fell apart. I mean, it might be a budgetary thing. It might be, you know, mm-hmm. this might be that. I've had other things where like it was the great, the biggest thing in my career, and they they kept it going, but they recast me, and like yeah, and like that stuff and that happens a lot apart. in pilots as well. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and that just you know that stuff. I don't know if you ever really live it down because I I still think about it, but then you know you keep going and you find other things and you just I, I think the biggest another big thing is like. You can't make this the only thing in your life. You know, it, right. it can be your life and it can be your path, but like you need to have something else that you enjoy or, or something else like a hobby or a passion or because if this yeah. is your sole thing, as I made it mine for many years, it, it, it can really hurt you. And, uh, and I found well, writing and I found, you know, um, music and, and volunteering and stuff like that. And it, it, it has really thrown more life into me, you know? I just did a live on Facebook with um, two agents and we all collectively had said it's interesting because when we're, when we're meeting with a kid, we usually bring, and they said this as well, and I don't do it anymore because I'm not a manager, but we would always bring the kid back first and ask them questions like, what do you, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies, et cetera? You know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and a lot of times you could tell that the kid was programmed to say certain things because they'd be like, I like to act. I like to sing. I like to dance. I like to be on stage. And they're like, no, you, there's got to be something else. Do you like to play mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, cheerleading? What is it? And I agree with you 100%. It can't be robotic. It can't be the only thing that you do because yeah, then yeah. the rejection becomes so crippling. Do absolutely. That's that's absolutely yeah. it. Is it is it does become crippling and it becomes uh it becomes this this never ending loud voice in your head that, um, Mm -hmm. that you're not good at the one thing you want to do. And, and I've I've definitely had that. I've definitely gone through it. And like, it, it is, it is so tough to be in this industry. And there, there are times where I sit down and I look at it and I'm like, it it makes no sense. You know, as much sense as it, as it should make. And as much like, as much common sense as, as it takes to, to look at this industry with, with clear eyes, it, sometimes you look at it and it just makes no sense. You know, yeah. and it's really hard to draw lines and like, like, you know, as, as human beings, we're, we're pattern seeking animals. You know, we, we seek, we seek patterns, we seek comfort, we seek, um, uh, you know, a conclusion for this thing that doesn't even have to do with this other thing. Um, and like with this industry, there's really, you can't have that. You can't really have a conclusion or an answer or like a reason. Sometimes you get the, the, the answer, but you really don't get the reason, um, I, I'm really rambling at this point, but 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 it's all very no, a very long winded thing to say that like it, it's a tough industry, and I've somehow survived it, <laughs> and I still well, love it. You're surviving. Let's do it that way. You're surviving it. You know. Yeah, you're surviving. Keeping, yeah. On. yeah. Yeah. But I love it, and um, you know, if I ever stop loving it, I have other things I could do. But but I really love this, and I I truly believe that this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And, so um, how do you, besides having other things to do and other hobbies and, and whatnot, but how, what, what's the best piece of advice that you could say that to, to not let that rejection cripple you? Uh, to, to know that 
to know that it's not you, like, like it's not 100% you, like, like, I, you know, maybe there could have been one line you, you could say differently or, you know, could have done something else, but, but it's just like, you got to know that it's not 100% you and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta train, you gotta work hard. I mean, if you want to be the best guitarist in the world, you don't just pick up a guitar and show up on, you know, Carnegie Hall. You, you gotta, right. you gotta, you gotta put in the hours. You gotta understand your instrument you gotta you gotta know what it's made of. You gotta know why it was made. You gotta know why you're playing it. You, you gotta know exactly every single thing about what you're doing. So I think I think it's a combination of knowledge, and it's a combination of of not caring as much as as you want to. You know, yeah. Because you want to care so much, you want it to be everything. Because I've I've had times like that where like I want it to be my sole reason for happiness, but but you you can't do it. You got to find other stuff. You got to find it within you. You know. Well, there's another great quote, and I do this all the time, so just bear with me. But oh yeah, yeah, go um, ahead. I'm, I'm totally Daniel, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis said, and those of you who don't know, kids might not know who that is, but he's a three time Academy Award. Oh, it would actor. hurt. It would hurt for people not to know who he is. I know, yeah. but you know, some some kids just don't, and and get some parents. I'm like, he's three time Academy Award winning actor, just won for Lincoln a few, I don't know, a handful of years ago. Anyway, he he did. I don't know if it was an op ed or something, but he had said the very poignant line that I always took with me. And there's, he said, there's something to not doing it all the time. There's something to doing it, and then going and filling up on life like a squirrel capturing his nuts and going <laughs> harvesting them and filling up on life and and what he meant by that was because then it gives you the fuel for future performances yeah absolutely i mean there right? are certainly performances that i have that you have to pull it from somewhere absolutely i mean there, there are certainly performances i wish i could go back and redo because i've lived so much more life at this point that i have the experience i needed to make it even more true and I know someone once told me, actually, oh, here's another thing uh, for anyone that's acting. Someone once told me, he was like, he was like, you know, never regret something that, that you did. Uh, it, it, never regret a show that you did or, or a role that you've done or want to redo it. Because at the time you did that role, that was the truest thing to you possible. Because, because you, you were giving it your all in that moment. And, and that's who you were in that moment. Even if you've learned new tricks or new things or you've experienced new things, like you should never want to redo stuff. But um, so yeah, always be confident in the fact that you were 100% you, uh, for the thing that you did, you know, forever ago. But at the same time, I still think about it as like all the experience <laughs> that I I've yeah. had in life now, like, Oh, what I could have done then, or, or, you know, just what I could do with it now. Like, like you do learn a lot. You need to live life. You need to, you need to meet people and, and understand people and have, you know, relationships and, and that, that's what gives you that fuel. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, he's right, man. It, you got to take a break every now and then. And that doesn't mean yeah. like, you know, shut off your phone and disappear off the grid and hunt raccoons for a living. But like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this environment, who the heck knows what the people are doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I mean, geez. Yeah, but, but like... You should definitely, definitely be able to to step back every now and then and and look at life and as not just you know acting, you know. Yeah. If you spend your when whole you, life playing other people, you'll never really know who you are. So you know. That's a great, great statement. Nineteen-year-old genius over here. <laughs> okay. Say that again. If you live your whole life playing other people, you'll never know who you are. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, and that's why you gotta. That's why you gotta take time to. To, to find yourself, you know, play yourself. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you take a part of you for every role. A, you, no matter how different it is, there's always a part of you in it because you can't, you can't be in your head and not be you as, as much as you're another person. You know, even Daniel Day-Lewis has parts of Daniel Day-Lewis when he's, you know, so lost in Abraham Lincoln. But, um, right. but yeah, but, you gotta, but you'll never know who you are if you spend your life playing other people. You got to take a step back 
and you got to um, look at yourself every now and then. So now you, what is it that you, when you take a step back, I think you mentioned, you just mentioned hiking, you mentioned video games. Um, and I'm not just talking about in quarantine or whatever the heck we call it, safer at home. I, I honestly don't know what the heck we call it these days, but during the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic, um, other than that, when you're allowed out into human civilization, <laughs> what do you, what are some of the things that you do to fill up on life? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, people, I, I love people, man. I, I love seeing people and, and my, my friends and family. I love meeting new people. I love exploring new restaurants. And, and like, I'm a big fan of, of, of course, of like locally owned businesses and, lo, um, you know, family owned restaurants and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I, I love experiencing that. And I, I love traveling. I love seeing things. I love, you know, it, it's like people debate all the time what life is about, you know, what's the meaning of life? Like, why are we here? What's the point? It's like, if no one can ever really figure out the point or the reason or the, or anything, you know, at least do it for yourself, at least do it to enjoy things, to, to, to do things that make you happy. And like, I, I go hiking, I explore, I, I eat, I work out, like, like even going to the gym makes me happy, you know, like, like it makes me feel better about myself. Um, did you set up a home gym? I've tried to, you know, it, it's really tough because I, I debated all the time whether I should get some weights or something. And I never did it because I had a gym membership. I just never had to worry about yeah. it. But now, now I really regret that decision because I can't get weights online or anything. So I'm just, I've started, I've taken up yoga. I've never done yoga before. I'm the least stretchy person I know. <laughs> and I've started yoga and it probably looks awful, but you know what? I'm not in a class for anyone to judge. So it's the best well, I can do. Well, no one's seeing you. You're at your house. So no <laughs> one's, no <laughs> one's judging you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I might actually do a yoga class later. I don't know. Um, That's good though. It's not just. But the thing is, is that, so I used to do yoga, and I, I've done Bikram, but what I can't do, I've done it once or twice, and that is too much for me. It's too hot, and then whatever. But um, I used to do yoga, and I used to do it honestly for to sort of clear my mind, to sort of um, recenter myself. And I, I mean, I don't really think I go to the gym and things like that. I mean, not now. I'm doing a home gym, but I I just thought that it kind of cleared me for a, a whatever, however long, half yeah. hour, whatever the sessions were. So. Yoga can be sort of multifaceted. It doesn't doesn't have to be about working out. It can sort of center you again because it gives you a lot of time in your own thoughts. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And meditation, like, is like no matter how you feel about meditation, um, it, it it at the end of the day, it's just breathing and like calming your mind. And I I'm a big fan of that because I mean I'm I'm thinking a million miles an hour all the time. Like I'm trying to figure out stuff. I'm trying to complete tasks. I'm trying to do this and that. But like every now and then, it's good to just just calm down breathe and take it in. Like even if, even if just for 20 minutes a day, you know, it, those 20 minutes are so valuable. Um, cause in those 20 minutes, you're happy, you're calm. You're not thinking about anything else that that is your life in that moment. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's really nice. Now, and I'm not putting this on blast, I assume, because I was, uh, uh, I was okay to say this. Um, and because you said you can give tips on this, but you suffer from anxiety. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a and lot of a lot of people suffer from anxiety these days. Yeah, you know? yeah. What do you do, especially during quarantine, and what are you doing to sort of harness that? Like the same things I've been talking about. You know, like communicating yeah. with people, doing things that make you happy. Like, like even if you're stuck at home, I, I don't know. I'm I'm really good at entertaining myself, <laughs> so I so I, I can find countless things to to keep me occupied. But you know, when you can't find anything else to keep you occupied, and you're just stuck in your room at the end of the night, I I you're stuck with your thoughts. You know, when you're stuck at yeah. home constantly you can't escape your own head. 
You know, that's, that's yes. the one thing you're not going to be able to get away from. And, um, and that's tough. But like I said, meditation, like it helps you center yourself, like doing stuff you enjoy, like, you know, writing or playing video games or talking to friends. Meditating or, how long a day? Like how, how, what would you suggest? Yeah. Like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Really not like a huge chunk of the day, but like when you first wake up or like, you know, sometime in the middle of the day, um, is usually best, uh, before bed, maybe if, if you want to get a more sound sleep, uh, it might help. You might even just fall asleep while trying to meditate. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, as far as anxiety goes, it, it doesn't, it, it never goes away. That's something that, you know, that's not a profession that you can just, uh, you know, change and then go somewhere else and do something like with acting, you know, if, if it ever got to be too much, then you can stop. But anxiety is not something that you can stop. It's, it's going to be there for the rest of your life. And you just got to yeah. find healthy coping mechanisms. You got to find healthy ways to, to take yourself out of it. Like, like I, myself, when I'm having a panic attack or something, I close my eyes, I take a breath, I list the names of people that are in my life and that I love. And I think about every, my favorite time they've ever smiled at me. And I, I, I think about it again and again and again until I, myself am smiling. And then I open my eyes and then I, I get a grip on my surroundings. And I've kind of built in this, this inner thought that, no matter how bad it, it gets, no matter how bad a panic attack gets or how bad, you know, because I, I do a depression as well. So like no matter how bad a, a depressive episode gets, I have to know that my thoughts in that in that time are untrustworthy. Like like you, mm. you can't trust your thoughts like that because it's like it's like having a metal vice on your head, like like a helmet encompassing your entire skull and someone's cranking it tighter and tighter. And as they crank it tighter, all thoughts outside of that don't exist. And you have to create this, this fail-safe in your head you know, with depression or anxiety that when you're having one of those episodes or one of those times where none of those other thoughts ex- exist, you have to know that your thoughts are untrustworthy in that moment and that it will get better and that, that you will see through it eventually if you can stick through it, if you can power through. Um, I think that's a great tip too. Close your eyes. Think, of people that, think about the people that you love, you said, and yeah. when they made you smile. I think that's awesome. Sloan, I got to tell you, you, you're half my age, and you've now taught me a couple things. Oh, I'm glad. I'm um, glad I can. You have. You I taught mean, me. I think too. I'm getting more out of this thing than you are, man. Like you're, <laughs> you got it together, bud. I don't know. Hey, so I, I just love life, wise. man. I'm and I'm trying to do it right and and right by my own standard, you know. Yeah. Now you went to you filmed um, the Dwight in um, in in what's it? Sorry, I'm like Dwight in Shining Armor. <laughs> we filmed it in, in um, uh, Utah and Atlanta. Uh, we filmed it in Utah, Georgia, um, Salt Lake City, and Atlanta. Utah and Atlanta. Okay. Uh, how did you how did you split the time between the two? Like you just shot certain things there and in, in Utah, and then moved over to Atlanta. Yeah, we what we did is we filmed the pilot in Augusta, Georgia. Um, okay. like in the, like fall slash winter, um, like a week before my birthday. And, and then after that, we got picked up for season one. Um, we filmed season one in Utah in Salt Lake city. And as we were filming season one, I think we were f- four episodes in and the network called for a, a back 10 order for another 10 episodes. Um, so what we did is we took like a three week hiatus. We came back, we filmed the next 10, uh, in Utah as well. And then after that, you know, because of, you know, taxes or I, I don't know all the yeah. technical stuff, but it's really hard yeah. to film in Salt Lake uh, or, or sorry, not just Salt Lake, but like Utah now or something. Um, so they moved the production to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and then after we moved there, we filmed the next 20 episodes there and we didn't get picked up uh, in the middle, but we got picked up for both at the same time, which was really cool. Gotcha. And we basically spent all year filming that. And that was sort of the schedule. 
Yeah. For people that don't know, like what he's talking about, it's tax credits and things like that is that certain states just give more and Atlanta is one of the highest. They like if you're going to spend a million dollars on your production, they're going to give you 30 percent of that back as a credit or incentive to use their 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 residents as employees and and whatever it may be. So and a lot of states don't have that, which is just nuts. Yeah. Which, Um, you know, we should be supporting the arts, Um, you know, whether uh, it's whether it's making film or TV or just or just having an arts program in a school like there are are there are a lot of schools that shut down their arts programs. I think it's I I think it's uh, Wisconsin or something. I think it's Wisconsin that um, one of their colleges cut all of their arts programs. And, and like, like in the middle of people trying to get their, their, um, masters or their bachelors or, you know, wh- whatever degree they're trying to get, um, they, they cut the programs and like the arts are really important because who, who's, yeah. who's going to tell you stories, you know, who's going to yep. tell you stories about life. Who's going to entertain you. Who's going to, uh, you know, take you out of a bad day. If, if not the arts, you know, music and, well, and hello and right. Right now, the arts is saving a lot of people are stuck at home. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a very important thing, you know. Even if it's not a profession you want to go into, having an arts program in schools is is really important. Just just for yeah. kids to be able to express themselves, you know. It, it, as human beings, it is hard to feel and understand how to feel, and sometimes you don't have people in your life that teach you how to feel. But you got the arts, you know. You got music yeah. or writing or or acting or or something that 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 gives you a a creative channel to to understand yourself and other people in the world around you. Um I I don't know how many people I've I've met that like had a very biased view of the world, and a very one one person view of the world and then they experience some type of art, you know, whether it be music or uh, a cultural event or something and it's opened their eyes and they've they've been more of a a societal member, you know, because of it and I I just yeah. I, I really think it's important. So yeah, yeah. Support the arts in schools and otherwise. Support the arts. Definitely a great takeaway. Um, last few things, and we'll wrap up. What is like a dream role that you'd love to play? A dream role? I'd love to be a captain on a Star Trek series. I was ra- <gasps> I was raised on Star Trek, man. Next Generation. Uh, with, uh, well, they have Picard now or something. What do they yeah, have they on- have Picard. I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to see it. Yeah. Because um, he's definitely my favorite captain. But, uh, but I would love to do that. That would be a dream come true. Um, and I think that's on like CBS All Access or some one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that one. Uh, but yeah, that's a dream role for me, definitely. Okay. All right. Last minute words of advice for anybody that's listening. I mean, you started when you were ten years old, and you're doing great. And I gotta say, man, you got a great head on your shoulders, and and very, you know, um, you know what you want, you know what you've done, you know what you, you know, where you, you know where you've came from, you come from, and you know where you're going, which is awesome. Um, I don't know. Last minute words of advice. Last minute words. Just, just do what makes you happy. Um, and be kind to people. You know, I, I, I have this quote that I've, I've made up that I'm trying to spread around, which is like, if one person, if, if each person in the world made one person smile a day, then everybody in the world would be smiling. And I think it's yeah. good to spread positivity and kindness and love and, um, uh, you know, take care of yourself while doing it, you know, take care of yourself first and then, and then make sure that, you know, you're, you're a positive influence on the world. Um, and that, that's I pretty much it. it. Sloan for president. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Tell everybody again where they, where it's, uh, um, Dwight in shining armor and it's on BYTV, BYU TV. Yeah. B- Check your, what? Check cable listings. Um, yeah. Check cable listings. Uh, also you can download the app, uh, BYU TV app, uh, B- go to BYUTV.org slash Dwight to watch Dwight and Shining Armor. It's a great show. It's for the whole family. Uh, it's really fun and whimsical. And it, it, it <laughs> I, I have a lot of people that, that have told me they really enjoy it and they, they're able to enjoy it with their entire family. And uh, yeah, so, so I hope you like it. 
And and do you post stuff on your social media? Because you're at Sloan Siegel, right? Yes. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. At Sloan Siegel, at S-L-O-A-N-E-S-I-E-G-E-L. And I don't post as much as I'd like to, but I'm, I'm getting more into it. And um, Man, uh, that's yeah. your generation. What are you doing, man? I'm, I'm living, man. People on social media, ah. I'm, I'm out here like enjoying life. <laughs> are you not on TikTok? Uh, I just got a TikTok. I got to figure that one out. I, I don't know. So can I t- tell you a true story and then I'll let you go? But sure, sure. I downloaded TikTok the other day because a friend of mine, and I'm telling you, I'm twice your age. I'm 40. So I downloaded it because we're, you know, we're in quarantine. I've got a lot of stuff going on, which is great. But a friend of mine was doing them. She's the same age as me. And she was doing them. She, they were really funny. And I was like, all right, let me go on. I, I have to tell you right now, I, I went down a rabbit hole. It was Yeah, you really can. I was like in bed. And, but you just, I just kept going. And actually a person came on and said, hey, you. And I think it's just like their funny thing that they do because you've been scrolling so much. Hey, you, go get a glass of water. You've been scrolling so much. I'll tell you right, th- right then and there, I deleted it. <laughs> I did. That's what, because, did it scare you? Were you like? Well, because it's not. That's not my world either. Like you just said, I I live life. I I, I do social media because it's it's a, it's a necessary means for people to get to know me. And, yeah, and yeah, that's what I do it for. Like I do it for it. my career. I do it. I do yep. it for people to get to know exactly. me. I do it to keep in touch with people. But like at me the end too. of the day, I'm I'm not gonna spend a majority of my time on my phone. I'm I'm gonna be right. my eyes are gonna be up. I'm not the guy at the concert recording the whole thing, never to watch it again. I'm I'm there like experiencing the music, you know. And I feel like I feel like a lot of people could do that more. But well, you know, stuck inside, you're you're pretty much inclined to use social media a lot, right? More. But um, well, but yeah. I just saw where it was going. I was like, I'm, I'll never get off this friggin' app, and I was like, I have yeah. to delete it. But I am on, I am on social media. If people want to contact yeah. me or, or just let me know they enjoyed something I did, or like, you know, I, I am there for that. At Sloan Siegel, well, I love it, man. You've been great. So keep it up. When would you say you're about to turn twenty? Is it soon? I turn twenty in November. It's a long ways away. <laughs> November what? I'm November second. I'm November twenty second. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right birthday month buddy um well it's been great everybody um thank you so much for tuning in thank you sloan siegel yeah, go thank check you out, thank you so much everybody uh, yeah. yeah go check out dwight in shining armor byu tv and and check him out at, at sloan siegel on social media thanks everybody till next time thanks for tuning in don't forget to subscribe on itunes and you can follow me at joe underscore lorenzo on twitter and instagram